Hi, I'm Flanky Day. It's me, Alan Smith, where we saw my stories with today's person journal. And this being Tuesday, January the 18th. Front page of the paper today is a £700 million for wind farms is a big day for energy sector. So contracts worth almost £700 million have been awarded to 17 projects for new offshore wind farms along Scotland's coast. Crown Estate Scotland was charged with overseeing the Scott Wind leasing bidding process, which received 74 applications for energy firms. The final awards, which include contracts with Scottish Power, Shell, SSE and BP, total £699.2 million. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said yesterday it was possibly one of the most significant days in energy and industrial terms that Scotland has seen for a very, very long time. Most of the sites are on the northeast, east or northern coast. Shell New Energies is lead applicant on the most expensive development off Aberdeen, estimated to cost £86 million in option fees. Uh, Russell Borthwick, for the Chief Executive at Aberdeen and Grampian Chamber of Commerce, said it was a big day for the UK energy sector and for Aberdeen region in particular. So, well, some good news at last, and if, um, you know this is the start of the transition of half of the aisle and into renewables. Um, you know, as long as there's going to be sustainable, long-term, well-paid jobs, then it's got to be good for uh, uh, for Scotland and for Aberdeen in particular. And um, you know, Lord knows we need a bit of good news up here. So, um, good show. And um, I would say that's one thing we're normally on a short, though, is a win uh, up in Aberdeenshire. So, should be good. Although, saying that, there's hardly a, a breath of win today. So, this goes to show. Now, here's another little story in the front page, just a sidebar. Kind of a day, but the MPs call to leave home fires alone. So an MP has spoken out in a bid to block Aberdeenshire Council removing tenants' open fireplaces. The local authority has begun taking away the fires from their house in Bremar to meet environmental targets, despite the protests of residents. But Andrew Bowie, first West Aberdeenshire and Kincardine MP, has called upon the Scottish Parliament to stop the process. Like many residents, he cited recent power outages caused by extreme weather, which left many relying on their open fires for heating it and to boil water and cook. Uh, Mr Bowie said Storm Arwen showed just how many people living in rural parts can see utilities disrupted at a stroke. So I would say anybody with half a brain uh, can see that, you know, a puckle of fires burning up in Bremar is not going to be the end of the world, I want to think. And, um, you know, they have snapped a lot of months of the year up in that direction in um, Runabout Air. So, you know, an open fire would be... Um, if it was taking a while, it would just be a bit of a, a disaster, I would say. And I mean, kind of likes of them fun and far, they've just nail on got on fire. They're not going to want to get up just overnight, I wouldn't say. So, think again, I say, think again. Now, here's a Highland butcher. His Lauren sausage has been named the best in Scotland. So, a Culloden butcher says he has lifted the equivalent of an Olympic gold for his Lauren sausage. A&I Quality Butchers in Highlands was named as National Champion Butcher for his Square Sausage at the Scottish Craft Butchers Award. The biennial awards also served up a regional award to Banff Butcher John Stewart. A Culloden Butcher Ali Paul, who has been in the trade for 45 years, lifted the honours for the lawn sausage with his team at his Keppoch Road unit. He says, I don't think uh, folk realise what a significant thing this is for a butcher. Uh, sliced sausage is one of the pillars of the butcher's trade, and to be judged the best in Scotland is absolutely thrilling. It's a huge achievement. 
Um, he's keeping the secret to his success close to his chest, but explained that locally sourced quality beef, combined with the correct ratio of fat, rusks, water, and seasoning, produces his national winner. If you put it like that, it doesn't sound great, but uh, I don't mind that. Uh, but uh, uh, Lauren sausages now and again. It's not a thing you would have every day, but uh, now and again in a sliced bap, it's uh, quite fine. And, um, you know, well done to him. If that's Olympic gold, then uh, very, very uh, good show for him. So if you're needing a bit of sliced sausage, head up to Culloden. And uh, to be honest, you have to laugh sometimes when you see um, some um, nice Scottish folk, we shall say, um, commenting on how, how the heck can you have a square sausage? How does that work? Um, you know, there's some half a gap at folk going about. Now, just uh, when Prince Andrew thought things were going to go any worse, uh, there's a, a new documentary coming out today, apparently, that claims that he threw Teddy tantrums. So the Duke of York's love of his soft toy collection meant he would throw a tantrum if the teddy bears were moved, an ITV documentary will allege. A laminated picture of Andrew's favourite possessions was said to be kept in a drawer to help household staff properly place him in his bed. Uh, the claims will be made by former Royal Protection Officer Paul Page in the ITV programme Gillian, Prince Andrew and the paedophile, which is due to be screened today. Uh, speaking about the Duke's private apartment, Mr Page said he had about 50 or 60 stuffed toys positioned in the bed. And basically, there was a card the inspector showed us, and it was a picture of those bears all in situ. And the reason for the laminate picture was that if those bears weren't put back in the right order by the maids, he would shout and scream and become verbally abusive. So, well, Lord only knows who's got bigger things to worry about now, I would say. And um, again, maybe not inconceivable that he'll end up in a cell and he'll maybe need his baby teddy bears to protect him for cans, but... Uh, well, what a bit of a silly guy by the good Now, here's a documentary that's going to probe the last days of the dinosaurs. So, Sir David Attenborough will explore how dinosaurs come to be extinct in a new documentary for the BBC. The veteran broadcaster and naturalist will look at some of the fossil finds for a new dig site uh, at a secret prehistoric graveyard hidden in the low hills of North Dakota, known as Tanis, for the one-off film Dinosaurs The Final Day with David Attenborough. Um, so Sir David said dinosaurs were among nature's most extraordinary creatures dominating the planet for over 150 million years uh, Tanis could be a place where the remains can give us an unprecedented window into the lives of the very last dinosaurs in a minute by minute picture of what happened when the asteroid hit uh, so dinosaurs the final day with David Attenborough will be on BBC One and iPlayer later this year so what a man he is he's just like absolutely marvellous again for a decade for all he's a fair age anyway and um, He's like, well, I reckon about in, in, the films are just absolutely stunning and um, long may continue because it's a very interesting money. Now, just finish up with sport as normal. So, uh, just inside the back page, there's a Duncan Shearer's column and he's just saying, victory over champions can set the tone for Reds revival. So, Everdeen have a chance to lay down a marker for the second half of the season as they make a return for the winter break against Rangers tonight. Uh, trust me, games are going to come only bigger for the Dons than when Rangers come to town. I saw that for myself when I joined the club in 1992. I treated every game with the same importance, but again, a lot I was made of the Dons, supposedly raising their game whenever they played the light blues. And then again, if I were going as far as to call it raising our game, it was made of a case of Rangers brought a sharper focus. So, well, certainly agree with him there, and yes, yeah, a good chance for Aberdeen to, you know, get after the second half of the season with a, a good victory. It was uh, certainly set them up for the next few games, and... Um, they have had some 
good performances and some some mixed and some pretty diaries, I think, it'd be fair to say in the first half of the season. So a win tonight would bring a long way to uh, settling the fans down and um, me included. So come on, everybody. Now that's me done for dinner. Just a wee popular series of today's Prison Journal on Tuesday, January the 18th and a very pleasant day up in the Berlin today, a bit frosty this morning, but um, nothing too drastic and uh, a clear, bright day today. I thought it was a bit of a chill in the air, but... Um, we can't expect much better for, a, for this time of year, so all in all, quite decent. Um, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If um, if you liked it, you can maybe tell somebody about it. doesn't matter if they bide far or near. Um, if they're able to uh, listen in a couple of times a week or every day, if they went there, then that's uh, fantastic. And uh, we can leave a review just saying how great it is or how much you love it. Then that's, uh, you know, it'll be on the internet forevermore for folk to find. That's great. And if uh, you want to give any feedback, you can uh, email the Doric Express at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to see sometimes photos of what's happening around the book and tour, um, maybe it was the most interesting, but um, you can see the Doric Express um, on Instagram as well. So um, lots of things for you to see about Doric Express or um, comment on. So there you have it. So anyway, in the meantime, thanks very much for listening. And cheers now. to loop. Constitution, speak the book, we're rules again. Longfield, Nellfield, Manorfield, and Panorfield. Lots of local stories that you've read in a game.